Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. Whether it's protecting people from the elements or surfaces from scuffs and stains, Dupont Tedla Protective Film provides durable, long-lasting protection from the inside out. From buildings and transportation to aerospace and graphics, Tedlot delivers enduring value for you and your customers. This episode features an interview with Ron Swidler, Chief Innovation Officer of the Gettys Group by Sleeper's Features Editor, Christopher Thomas, exploring the relaunch of the Chicago-based group's Hotel of Tomorrow Think Tank and what the hotel industry might look like in a post-coronavirus world. Well, it's great to see you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to spend a little time chatting about this and really appreciate you supporting the Hotel Tomorrow project and picking up the interest from the press release that we sent along. Well, yeah, if we could just start by talking a bit about the Hotel of Tomorrow project. I believe it was 2003, there was an original run of it, and now it's coming back again as a relaunched version. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in 2003, there was this big focus on technology and, you know, think about where we were in 2003. There was a lot of technology that was really new to the market. People were wondering what the implications were going to be for our lives, much less the, the, the hospitality experience. And so we actually started the planning in 2003. In fairness, we, we had the first event in 2004 and we repeated it in 2005 and six. But Things that came out of it included a bunch of stuff on technology and on sustainability, really. And on the technology side, you know, there were ideas around robotic butlers, which now you know has actually led to the uh, robot that acts as a as a uh, a runner in the Aloft hotels that originated uh, in the Hotel Tomorrow project. A lot of ideas actually that we conceptualized back then ended up becoming mainstream. We were also focusing on other technology integration things like corridors that were smart enough to turn lights on and off uh, when people were in them or help direct you to your guest room and do some facial and body scanning as a means of security before letting you in or um, guest rooms that could transform to better suit people's needs, knowing that there wasn't a lot of flexibility in the way that guest rooms were designed and Let's see, we also created some kind of future of meeting spaces, some collaboration spaces. We were just starting to see back then about the possibility of voice to text or or language translation software or Microsoft had developed their Surface product, which was an interactive smart surface that could recognize objects on it. So we were playing around with ways that things like that and even personal integration control. I could show you this sketch that came out of it in 2004, and it looked like what now is an iPhone. And it was really meant to be a personal communication device with the hotel. But there was also a lot of focus back then on sustainability. That hasn't gone away. Alternative energy sourcing and and even production on property and air filtration we were focusing on, even like supplemental air filtration so guests could uh, make sure that they had extra clean air in their guest rooms. Um, waste reduction, reusability, green materials, biophilia, a bunch of stuff like that. So that was 2003. And then now, as you know, we're rebooting the Hotel Tomorrow Project and we're remaining focused on a bunch of the same things. They still are important, right? Sustainability is probably more important than ever before. We understand the impact of global warming more than we did before. And technology has made huge leaps forward. 
forward. So there are even more questions about the role of technology in hospitality. We're looking beyond that, and we're looking now at health and wellness in a, in a really deeper way. Yes, of course, sanitization and personal safety stuff, but also fitness and food and beverage and sleep. These are all part of health and wellness, right? And, and business models, too. There's been a lot of interest in Hotel Tomorrow, which I know you, you asked a brief question about it. I should probably explain it. I, I will in just a moment. But uh, it's this consortium that includes, as you know, over 250, now nearly 300 participants. They're, they're really shaping the area of focus for the initiative. We're not telling them focus on health and wellness or sustainability or technology. They're telling us what the challenges are that they're facing right now. And we're, as a group, trying to solve some of those problems. But there are areas around business models, like how are spaces going to be used? I mean, think about meeting spaces right now. They're not being used. Where are revenue sources for hotels when restaurants are shut down? What does the new team member staffing model look like? It's not like the cost of labor has gone down. I mean, these hotels are struggling financially. So there's a, there's a hard look at every aspect of the operating budgets of hotels and certainly cross-utilization of spaces as well. There's another area that has been of interest, which is cultural responsibility. Maybe it's part of it is the civil unrest that we're facing right now, but there's a big focus on hiring and training and support of the local you know, people and partner businesses near hotels. What can they do differently to set better examples for their community and for the world? And then there's a big piece on the technology side, which is sensors and data. I mean, look, we're we have these conversations about contact tracing and um, you see what Google and Apple are doing to turn your device into a, a tracking mechanism. That's only the beginning. There's multiple sources of, of data collection that are out there right now trying to solve this contact tracing stuff. So it's a bit of a long-winded answer to your question, Chris, but I hope that it covers some of what was uh, important to you there. No, absolutely. It's um, we, yeah, the fact that it's sort of coming out now, a pivotal time for the industry. It's uh, it seems fitting more than anything. Um, so it's being hosted on is it Battery the platform? Yeah, it's that, just uh, sort of remote uh, collaborative tool that uh, the people involved can kind of submit their theories and answers to, and it's a research gathering tool as much as it is a kind of platform. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, you've got it exactly right. And we're going to try to use all the capabilities of battery as a learning tool for us, but also for the industry. You know, I think a lot has changed through this process, including our business and the way that we're doing our business. And we were always really collaborative. We were the kind of firm that was, you know, maybe I should take a second, actually, if you don't mind, and just explain the, the focus of our company. The Gettys Group Companies uh, is actually composed of a collection of complementary businesses. So we're in the development business, we're in the hotel development business, um, we're in the branding business, the interior design business, and the procurement business. And we're operating out of the Americas, Asia Pacific, and the Middle East, headquarters in Chicago, as you know. Um, we're used to you know communication and collaboration across multiple time zones on projects all over the world. But look at what we're doing now with a platform like Battery or even this conversation. We're, we're bridging time zones uh, very easily and, and we're able to have conversations. But what Battery is allowing us to do is have a collaborative platform 
where we can share ideas, uh, where we can work at the same time, right, in real time, or we can work when it's convenient for us to contribute additional ideas to the platform uh, for others to consider. So it's a really, I think that that's part of what we're going to, you know, the change that will stay in our, in our business as well is, you know, effective collaboration tools utilizing technology. You know, there are now 16 teams that are working in Battery, about 150 people that are active collaborators. And so we've created these frameworks, these workspaces for them to state challenges and state solutions and then collaborate on different ways to solve the problem. And ultimately, we're going to present our solutions and we're going to go test them, as you correctly said, Chris, by going out to the market. And Battery has tens of thousands of active users who take on market research challenges for us. So we'll present an idea and say, hey, is this an idea, a solution that would be appealing to you? Would, would you be willing to pay for it? Would you choose this hotel over another hotel if it had this offering? And the other thing is, sorry to go on, Chris, but we have, we have owners and operators involved, and um, they're going to help us have a, a clear understanding of like how feasible or viable is this, right? How long will it take or how expensive would it be to actually implement this? So at the end of it, I think we have... We have an answer to cost, we have an answer to how long it'll take to implement the solution, and we have consumer feedback or guest feedback that says, that's something I want, that's something that would be of value to me. That's a big difference between 2003, 4, 5, 6, and now in terms of our ability to say, let's not just conceptualize things because you know we think that there's a possible uh, solution out there, let's get a better understanding of, of uh, what what the real value would be in, in bringing that to market. Great. So beyond the kind of the communication technology that we're using right now, um, what kind of other existing or emergent technologies do you think is going to be key in driving the hotel market forward following coronavirus and when that ultimately sort of dies down? I think we dodged a bit of a bullet, honestly, as it relates to changes to the hospitality industry and the, and the pandemic when when the CDC said that there was a low likelihood that you were going to be able to contract the COVID virus through contact with surfaces, all the hotel companies who had been putting their energy into, you know, uh, antimicrobials and antivirals and, and UV lighting and, and topical fogging and all these other ways to try to clean rooms between guests, that kind of got taken off the table a little bit. And instead, you know, the conversation is about how do we abide by, you know, social distancing and signage and barriers and PPE and things like that. So, so certain changes, I think, are going to end up being short-term changes. I mean, I know this isn't a, a technology-related answer, but I was talking specifically about the pandemic itself. And, um, but I think that there would have been a lot more changes. You know, some hotels were experimenting with thermal scanners when guests are entering into the hotels to determine whether or not, you know, someone might have a, a fever. That's only the beginning, Chris, I think of what's going to happen in terms of scanning and sensors in hotels. And I think a lot of laws are going to have to change and will change in order to kind of ensure personal safety. Yeah, it's going to be a balance between sort of privacy that a hotel can provide and a privacy yeah. that has to 
naturally sort of intrude on to find out whether you're a risk. Yeah. So looking at the hotel market's reaction to coronavirus and, and how it sort of responded to the challenges that have been posed, how do you think that's, that's gone on a, on, a, on a general scale? Are there any strategies that could have been implemented a bit earlier that you think might have worked or, or are we ticking along kind of as expected? I think we're ticking along as expected. You know, I was really heartened by the kind of the generous and supportive ways that the industry first responded, giving away PPE and cleaning supplies and rooms for first responders and and even people requiring quarantine. We actually are co-investors in a few hotels in Chicago. We made our hotels available to the city of Chicago as kind of secondary care location. So in the event that someone needed to isolation, particularly first responders who are in COVID clinics and hospitals. And then the truth is that kind of survival and planning kicked in in, in the hospitality industry and, and hotels were focusing on their, their own new partnerships and protocols and, and training. And you were seeing announcements about relationships that, and procedures that were being put in place really to, to tell guests that hotels are safe and clean, which is a big part of it. The part of it that I do think that I wish uh, was a little bit different, Chris, is that these hotel companies and owners and operators all went into their own silos to solve the problems for themselves. And with all credit to the brands, they were looking to the brands for answers. And many of the brands, Hilton did an exceptional job, for example, of being able to message what they were doing and forming partnerships with um, the Mayo Clinic and Lysol that they did a relationship with. But there was a lot of soul searching that was happening themselves. There wasn't a platform that was saying, hey, you know what, let me be the, the kind of central repository for best practices and share that back out across the rest of the industry. And I want to give the AH&LA credit for a second, America uh, Hotel Lodging Association, Chip Rogers. I mean, he was focusing on getting funding from the government and they were publishing kind of acceptable guidelines, but they were trying to do it for the whole industry across every quality tier. It wasn't, and so you ended up with a kind of general set of guidelines instead of, you know, finding a forum for saying, hey, we tried this, we heard this, we learned this, we're going to try that. You try this, we try that. And so honestly, that's part of what the Hotel of Tomorrow is about, Chris, is creating a forum for we have owners, operators, brands, investors, architects and designers. We have manufacturers involved. We have SC Johnson, who's, as you know, a consumer product, cleaning product company involved. We have a roboticist company. We have all these people trying to say, hey, what if we looked at the problem differently? Sure, there's a short-term solution, but what if we looked at it a little bit differently and said, we don't have UV robots right now that could scrub the air, but we will in the future maybe, and what would it take? And so anyway, these are the kinds of conversations that we're, we're starting to have now. And that, that's part of why you know, we launched, relaunched the Hotel Tomorrow Project. Absolutely. I mean, with more people involved from all sort of aspects of the industry, like the more coherent strategies are obviously going to come quicker and they'll be more applicable sort of across the market rather than just in, in the luxury sector or the budget sector or one specific part. Exactly. Uh, and we've seen, exa- by the way, I was reading an article uh, recently about one of the big luxury hotels and what they're doing. And and I applaud them for their approach and their solutions. I think it's really clever. And 
but it's a luxury property. They have a very high team member to guest ratio. They can afford to do some of these things. So I think part of this really needs to be a dialogue around what part of it is scalable and universally applicable to, you know, and reasonably priced that can be applied in, in across the chain scales. Absolutely. So um, sort of switching to the, the design side of the Getty's group, but now what kind of changes do you think the pandemic is going to cause for architects and designers? How are they going to look at hotels and sort of hospitality in general after this? I think that the easy answer to that is now all of a sudden we have to renew our focus on personal health. Um, and we kind of relied upon the operator to make sure that it was clean and safe. And while we were certainly thinking about the materials that we were specifying to make sure that they were cleanable, now all of a sudden that's risen to the top of the, the priorities list as we're trying to you know, start to design some of these things. Look, you know what the reality is? We're not experts in healthcare. There need to be experts in the room on that kind of stuff. And, and this is just the latest criteria. If you look at kind of the evolution, Chris, of the responsibilities, the knowledge that's contributed by architects and designers, I'm going to turn the clock back for a second. I remember a lot of conversations we were having with our clients over the past 10 plus years where we were meant to be technology experts. We were asked the question, what kind of technology should we be incorporating? When I was back in school, we weren't thinking about that. I'm aging myself right now, but there are a lot of new things that we weren't studying that we now have to think about when we're designing hotels, right? Now we have to be experts in sustainability, technology integration, security, healthcare. I mean, the truth is we need to bring areas of expertise and specialization to the project so they can answer some of those questions. Um, but we are looking at a lot of fascinating new materials. There have been amazing advances in the kind of coatings and inherent properties of a lot of construction and design and building materials and products that are engineered for furnishings and finishes. And so actually, I'm going to go back to Hotel Tomorrow for a second and just give a shout out to Material Connection, which is a U.S.-based company. It's the world's largest library of material technologies. And they're part of the Hotel of Tomorrow project as well. And they've brought over 40 new innovations to our inspiration gallery. So as designers and architects and others are trying to solve for future problems and, and solutions, they're bringing air scrubbing technology for fabrics into consideration for the guest rooms. They're bringing antimicrobials into solid surfaces. They're showing us a bunch of the new evolution uh, that's happening uh, that can be applied to solve some of these problems. So a long-winded way of saying we have a lot to think about in the architecture and design world as it relates to the future of hospitality. And I hope that they're long-term solutions, Chris. I hope that this, this isn't just short-term solutions that we're looking at. Well, it kind of leads into my, one of my other questions, which was, do you think after this we'll see a model that kind of takes into account not just pandemics, but other things that could potentially halt the the hospitality market like this again? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, the truth is we got caught without a plan and, yeah. uh, and many cities felt that way and, and governments and, and places around the world felt that way. And sure, you can't plan for every scenario that might lead to the collapse of the world economy, but we can do some, spend a little more time in some long-term thinking and planning and training. And I think it should be around security. 
I think it should be around cybersecurity. That is a real concern and other foreseeable emergencies. You know, one of the things that we're looking at in the hotel tomorrow is converting portions of hotels over to alternative uses, including healthcare. And I, I mean, not just limited isolation facilities, but kind of lighter care hospital facilities. And there are a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences in terms of infrastructure for air filtration and uh, water and waste and moving things in and out of buildings and barriers. But there's a lot of similarities and hotels could be converted in the event that we ran into this crisis again of needing more hospital beds. Hotels could be a really interesting solution to that problem instead of what we saw in many markets, including Chicago. I don't know if you saw this, but we took our largest convention center, the McCormick Place, and started creating temporary beds. 3,000 beds were created with temporary wall structures and everything. It's great that the city stepped up and did that and had a plan in place to do that. But maybe hotels can be a bigger part of the solution in a future crisis or pandemic. Mm. On that topic of the healthcare sort of model, out of curiosity, have you um, seen much of the Scandinavian healthcare hotel model that's kind of emerging there, where they it's it's hotels built specifically to partner with hospitals, and it's kind no. of for patients and their families as well, so they can stay in in these hotels if they don't need emergency surgery if they're just recovering it's a bit more comfortable and I saw an article that was published in uh, a hotel in London that was making itself available for pregnant mothers who were kind of pre-delivery so you had you know kind of uh, labor and delivery services essentially being available in these you know extra clean environments in hotels there's a lot that can be done I, I think it's just a matter of saying there's a need and how are we going to solve for that need? And, and what the pandemic has done is it's brought to light a whole new set of needs. It's not like the human, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's not like human needs have changed. I think they've just been reprioritized and shaken up a little bit as a result of what we're going through. Yeah, yeah. And the, the social side of hotels is obviously going to take a little bit of readjusting, I think. I think that's mainly in in the context of reassuring guests it's safe but beyond like the partnership with cleaning standards and the certificates what do you think can be done to sort of readjust the social side of hospitality to cater for this new sort of world we're going to be very cautious in we're social animals i mean humans uh, are social animals and let's look at the successful hotels and some if you break down part of the success of the the uh, hotels prior to this crisis you saw that the hotels that had socialization and activation and programming in public areas and that all of those things led to higher performing hotels because it was a chance to be with others and experience new things. And that, that'll come back. It'll just be with some new requirements. And it might be face masks as part of it. It might be some social distancing. You know, I think that we have, we have an opportunity to, to look at assuring people that hotels have always been clean and safe. The truth is there are great safety standards that are already in place in hotels. You know, one thing that occurred to me, Chris, you know, we go to a, a, a place in New York and it's a restaurant and, and there's a sign in the window that's either an A or a B or a C. You only see the A's and B's, I think, which is like a certification of cleanliness. Well, we don't have that for hotels. I, I wonder if maybe this is an opportunity to introduce a national certification of cleanliness for hotels 
that might be required. You, you might be required to display it the same way you would with a, a, a food cart or uh, uh, or a restaurant. It would make sense. I imagine we'd have some quite creative designers having to work that little poster into a room <laughs> scheme, which could be interesting. Well, it's funny that you brought that up, Chris, because I, I don't know if you went uh, and looked at some of the signage that's around that's reminding people about social distancing and cleaning your hands and things like that. But there's some really kind of unimaginative and industrial signage that's trying to get the message out. And I know that it's meant to be temporary. That's okay. But as someone who is design sensitive, I think we could do better. I think, you know, there, there are ways certainly to signal that we're not sacrificing aesthetic completely for the importance of messaging. It doesn't have to be so harsh. It can be yeah. wash your hands. like gently, gentle reminder. Instead of gentle that. reminder is nice. Yeah. Order. yeah. Uh, so with reopening, not that close, but coming up for some properties now, and a lot of properties in America, I believe, have started opening as well california particularly yeah. well what do you think would be a good strategy or any anything to take into account when when hotels are reopening the hospitality industry's number one job is to care for their guests right so how are we going to make guests feel comfortable not just safe but comfortable right i think safety first then comfort right but, you know, the easy button around safety is definitely PPE and, and acrylic barriers and signage everywhere, like you're saying, and social distancing your furnishings and, and a high visibility of, of people cleaning everywhere. But what's going to be more challenging is maintaining that sense of care, that sense of service and comfort in those environments. And look, it may be something as simple as a clear mask that you can see the team members smile. I think it's going to be small gestures that end up saying, we care about you. We're glad we're here. You're here. Of course, we're abiding by the, the safety measures, but we also want to make sure that you feel welcomed and feel appreciated. That has got to be part of the relaunch strategy, Chris. It, it can't just be compliance with the, the minimum safety standards. Yeah, uh, that sounds wise. So looking forward, are there any innovations you think this pandemic will ultimately drive in the long run? Yeah, I have a long wish list on that one. You know, I'm hoping that new materials, as I mentioned earlier, are going to be incorporated into hotels that are inherently antimicrobial or antiviral. I hope that there's a renewed focus on sustainability that comes out of this you know, better air filtration systems in hotels. I think we learned a lot about the importance of air filtration systems. I'm a big fan of usable, productive outdoor spaces. And I hope that we have some interesting innovations around that. I hope that there's renewed interest in restorative spaces. There's a lot of anxiety that has been uh, resulted from this pandemic. And travel right now and the anxiety associated with travel, getting on an airplane, staying in a hotel, hopefully that's just going to ease up and we can all get more comfortable with the new rules. But a hotel can be a restorative safe place where the quality of sleep and, and the quality of the environment gives you a level of assurance above and beyond what you'd find in other public places. Hospitality has an opportunity to stand out there. I hope that we have a greater level of appreciation of travel in the future. I don't know about you, Chris, but I was traveling almost every week in my life the last 20 years. So, and I miss it. You know, I think my, my wife can probably hear this. She's in the next room, but I miss travel. 
for a, like a travel magazine, it's been very hard for us to be grounded, essentially. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the other thing is there was a lot of uh, chatter around local partnerships in hotels. Oh, you know, we're serving, you know, this microbrew that was made up the street or that we've partnered with this local soap manufacturer, whatever it is. That's all nice. But it felt like it was a bit of a gesture for differentiation before. And now I feel like it, it has even more importance we're helping raise up these businesses in our community because they've suffered terribly. So I think that that's another thing I'd love to see, Chris, is some more partnership that is truly supportive. And honestly, I think the biggest thing is, I hope that we use this as an opportunity to advance our thinking, to stride forward, and not just return to how we were solving the problems before. I, I completely agree. And I think that's applicable to more than just the hotel market as well. Yeah. Um, so just to end on, uh, what's, what's next for the Yetis group in the hospitality market? Is there anything you can tell us about your projects you've got coming up? Or I guess I have a couple things that, I, that, I, that I'd love to share. The first is that you know, I'm hoping that what comes out of the hotel of tomorrow is identifying you know, a deeper dive into some of the challenges we're facing and that some of that is going to lead to new innovations and opportunities um, for foreseeable and unforeseeable challenges. And, you know, I think there's a lot of innovation opportunity and that innovation opportunity is going to be a big part of our focus is making some of that stuff real and incorporating that thinking into our existing projects. And no matter what the results are, you know, we're looking forward to sharing what comes out of this with you and, and with the industry, which will probably end up being in mid-August. You know, we have a development side of our company that we're actively involved in developing or co-developing for hotels right now. All of them are still under construction. All of them are still on schedule. And that is pretty amazing, actually, to be able to say. I think we may see some opportunities for acquisition for some properties that have just suffered through this economic downturn. And that may lead to some more acquisition and redevelopment. And hopefully in those new projects, we'll be able to incorporate some of this new thinking that comes out of initiatives like the Hotel of Tomorrow or just insights that we learn as a result of the changing world that's all around us. Oh, great. That's a, that's a fantastic note to end on, I think. That was a really <laughs> interesting interview as well. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Ron. It's my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity. You gave me uh, wonderful questions to consider, and I hope that I, I gave you some answers that are a bit different than those that you might be getting from others these days. No disrespect to them. I think everybody has their own perspective uh, and business climate, but I think we're in a unique position, as I said, to be able to be both introspective and have a bit of a longer view on what the needs are of the industry going forward. I'm just as eager as you are to get back out on the road but I'm also eager to just continue the dialogue. I don't want it to go away. I, I think we're learning a lot, but I, I feel like I'm communicating more frequently and more effectively with a broader group than I ever have. And I, I hope that doesn't go away either. Yeah, it'd be a shame to, as you said, let this crisis go to waste and have, <laughs> yeah. the, have the good stuff that's undoubtedly yeah. come out of it yeah. uh, drag everything down. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you again, Ron. That was, that was really interesting and much appreciated. It's absolutely my pleasure. Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. Whether it's protecting people from the elements or surfaces from scuffs and stains, DuPont Tedla Protective Film 
provides durable, long-lasting protection from the inside out. From buildings and transportation to aerospace and graphics, Tedlot delivers enduring value for you and your customers. This episode features an interview with Ron Swidler, Chief Innovation Officer of the Gettys Group by Sleeper's Features Editor, Christopher Thomas, exploring the relaunch of the Chicago-based group's Hotel of Tomorrow Think Tank and what the hotel industry might look like in a post-coronavirus world.